Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And it's the 2023 Daytona 500 episode. It feels like a million years since the last time we had a chance to talk about a race, but it is now here. The Super Bowl is in the rear view. We will sadly touch on that in a second. But the Daytona 500 is this coming Sunday, and we are here for it. So on this week's episode, we're going to start by, you know, give it a little bit of a structure to anyone that this might be the first time they're listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you about what we do each week and how you can dissect this episode. And then we're going to get into a little bit what to expect Daytona, the schedule and some track stats, breaking down the racetrack a little bit. And then it's time to start discussing picks. What's our betting strategy for Daytona? And how we're going to spread the money around, talk about some drivers that we like to win the race, and then we'll get into the finishing position props. There are a bunch of different people that I can't lay off of this week, and I'm going to talk through some of those bets towards the end or the middle part of this episode. And then we are bringing on a guest, and it's a familiar face. It's Derek Yoder. He has been on the podcast many times, the last three times, I think, we've had uh, Daytona, or this is maybe the third Daytona in a row that he's been a part of. Well, he will be joining us at about the halfway mark of this podcast to talk about what he's been up to in the offseason, because he's very busy, a lot of different irons in the fire for Derek, and then we break down Daytona, including putting together a parlay together as a team so we're not competing in head-to-head matchups we are actually going to build the parlay together and that's a little bit of a change from last year so uh, we'll talk about that and a few other things so stay tuned for that and you can also get that conversation on the full tank with phil youtube channel as well so if you're new to nascar gambling or if you're new to this podcast and you've been a fan of NASCAR, it doesn't matter. This is the time of year when we've got people putting their eyes on NASCAR and, you know, in turn, gambling on NASCAR. So I welcome you. You're in a, a good place to be. You, you found us, and I'm happy to have you. I just want to give a, a quick shout-out to anyone who has been listening to this for years. We've been around for a while now, and uh, if you're back for another season Thank you. I appreciate you and, um, you know, happy to have you back. But what we do each week is trying to make our, you know, North Star, our mantra is just trying to make the race more fun for you as the viewer and um, put you in a good position as a gambler to win some money. So we want to have fun, but we also want to make sound bets each week backed up by data and things that we've seen and conclusions that we've come to. And we're trying to find, you know, the the best markets to bet on. So typically we do is take a look at the race that was briefly, and then we'll look ahead to the upcoming race. In this case, it's Daytona, which we'll talk about the track stats, anything to call out, any trends and things to be aware of as the gambler. And then I like to call out some picks to win the race. So typically around two to three guys, I'll, you know, zero in on, talk about the strategy 
on uh, why those guys make sense and, you know, their odds and how that matches up. And then I get into things like top five, top 10, you know, those types of finishing position bets or any other of those prop bet types of things. And then to end it, if I have a guest on, I'll usually bring up head-to-head matchups with the guest. Or if it's a solo episode, I'll break down three head-to-head matchups that I've selected for various reasons, and I'll break those matchups down. Um, so that's really the the structure. We try to hit a bunch of different markets. If we see some things out there that you know stands out, then try to call that out as far as a different type of bet or new market or what sports book is, you know, really on top of things because um, it's a good place to start. Sports books are just all over the place. Barstool has stepped up so far this season. DraftKings has not. DraftKings is playing catch up here. And in the past, DraftKings has been our go-to, but really Barstool and uh, out of nowhere, Caesars Sportsbooks has uh, really stepped up this year with a lot of different plays, just a a bunch of crazy types of plays. In addition to the typical markets like top five, top 10 head to heads, they've got a a bunch of new things that are out there. So you should give that a look as well. So um, those are the types of things we talk about as far as breaking down the race, making selections, talking about what's hot in the NASCAR gambling world from a week to week standpoint and anything NASCAR news related uh, that the gambler should be aware of. So if you're new, I hope you join us throughout the season. We're going to have some fun. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Full Tank Phil and on YouTube as well for any guest interviews. So let's talk about then moving ahead to Daytona and why is the Daytona 500 such a huge race? Why is it fun to watch? Why is it interesting to bet on? And winning money watching Daytona is just exhilarating. Why is that? Well, it's because anything can happen. As we found out last summer when we saw a rain wreck, rain came and wrecked half the field, leaving a a small amount of cars on the racetrack. And Austin Dillon ends up winning that race. But from a gambling perspective, that made some news because we had a guy on FanDuel parlay a bunch of back markers, some drivers that are typically not running anywhere near the front, parlayed them all to finish in the top 10 and hit a bet for a million dollars. Now, that is very drastic. It's not going to happen again because they outlawed uh, parlaying top 10s. But the point remains, at Daytona, Anything can happen, and that's why people love to see it. It's the the threat, the constant threat of danger in every turn. Anything can go wrong at any moment, even if it seems like you know you're in the clear. Your bets can change in an instant. Your luck can change. If you're down, you could be up. If you're up, you could change and be down just like that, the drop of a hat. And that constant on-the-edge-of-your-seat type of feeling is why... Daytona is such a a cool race to get into and why it's awesome that they start the year like that. Because from a week to week basis, we're really going to be talking about odds to win the race. There's typically only about 10 to 15 drivers that have a legitimate shot to win the race at Daytona and uh, Talladega is the other super speedway track. Literally anyone on the racetrack could walk away as the champion. So um, makes it that much more fun. The schedule 
for Daytona is a little bit different as well. So they are going to be doing single car qualifying on Wednesday night, and that will set just the front row, which is this is all different than any other racetrack throughout the season. And if you win the pole or the front row, you are locked in to the pole or the front row one and two. And that wouldn't change for you. Everybody else, if you qualify third, all the way back to however many drivers there are trying to make it into the race, you will be competing in the duels. Now, the the guys who finish one, two in the qualifying still have to compete in the duels, but everybody else is racing in the duels for starting position. So if you win duel number one, you'll be starting third. And that's what the duels are for. They break them up into two different races and um, that will set the field for Daytona. So the duels happen Thursday night, I think seven o'clock and nine o'clock. And they are going to be interesting to watch from a gambling standpoint as well. See who's racing with who and what cars are handling the draft. Well, then throughout the weekend, we're going to see practice, um, which is interesting because the cars aren't going to have a chance to practice before qualifying. So qualifying is going to be the first time you're seeing these race cars that they've been working on all off season on the track for the first time. Very, very crazy. But practice throughout the weekend and then Sunday, obviously, the race. So it's going to be a jam-packed week starting on Wednesday, that's for sure. Now, let's talk about some track stats. I do this every episode, looking back at the track's history and trying to talk about any trends that we see, any um, basic stats about the, the track. So in this case, Daytona, They have been to Daytona in the Cup Series 151 times. Quite the sample size. Uh, Very, very good data to pull from. The winner has started from the pole 26 times in the history of Daytona. The last time it happened was Dale Jr. in 2015. So a lot of times when we're looking at these older racetracks, that type of stat you're going to see happened a lot early on and um, kind of tougher to see more recently. And, and that is the case here with Daytona with the winner starting from the pole a while back. Um, 2015 doesn't seem that far, but actually it is. I mean, it's 2023 now. And so it's almost a decade ago and they come here twice a year. So it's quite a bit of time since that. It actually creates a bit of a you know conversation around, do you want to take the driver who won the pole at Daytona? Past history or recent history would say, no, you do not, because they just typically have not done well here. Um, A a guest on the show last year and and this year, Ryan Stevens, has a a site called Win the Race. And that is going to give you a lot of information about pole bets. And his Twitter is, is pumping out a lot of stats recently about this type of conversation. Do you want to win the pole at Daytona? Because it doesn't necessarily mean great success on race day, kind of like the Masters and the Par 3 competition. Uh, it's kind of a jinx there. This is kind of turning into that similar thing, but uh, I won't throw the jinx word on it 100%. So let's move in there. Top five. The winner has started in the top five 50% of the time, which is interesting. Now, a lot of those stats are you know, heavy in the early days. And but the interesting thing is the winner has started in the top 10 75% of the time. So I just got done talking about how anything can happen at Daytona and it's craziness, pure craziness. But yet three of the four times they've come to this racetrack, 
151 times. Three of the four times, three out of every four times, rather, is a better way to say it. The winner has started within the top 10. So that means the duels really do matter in that sense. If that pattern means anything to you, the duels actually, you know, you're really going to have to be watching that and seeing where these guys finish. The winner has only started outside of the top 20 13 times in the history of Daytona. The last time it happened, though, was the last time they were here. Last summer, Austin Dillon won in 2022. He was starting 21st, so just outside. Manufacturer trends, Ford has won three of the last five races. Chevy took home the other two in the last five times they were here. And Hamlin, this is Denny Hamlin now. He's the only Toyota driver currently in Toyota to win at this racetrack. Everybody else, all the other Toyota drivers have not won at Daytona. So those are the track stats for Daytona. Um, what does that mean for the gamblers? It means that you might want to not really just go blindly jumping on the winner of the pole to win the race. It means you're going to want to take a look at the duels and see if there's any strong cars that kind of finish and they're going to be starting top 10 on Sunday, but still keep in mind that anything can happen. So because of that, I keep using that as a mantra here. Anything can happen. What is my strategy for betting Daytona and super speedways in general, Talladega as well. And that is a, I call it a shotgun approach. I like to, to spray around a bunch of different bets. So if you take your typical unit size, whatever that may be, you could be someone who bets a hundred dollars on every single bet you take. You could bet $10. You could bet a thousand dollars. You bet $1, whatever your unit is. It does not matter to me at all. Um, you take that. And what I would do is minimize that. I would say, you know, maybe a, a tenth of a unit or a quarter of a unit and spread that around, take a, a bunch of quarter units and spread that around a bunch of different guys to win. Now, full disclosure, my hand is up here throughout this off season, since the new year, really, uh, DraftKings has been doing a special, a no sweat bet for NHL and NBA. And anytime you lose, you get the bet back up to 10 bucks. I've just been throwing 10 bucks on drivers uh, when I lose. Uh, and it's been often recently. So I've been throwing drivers, you know, multiple times on the same driver, just kind of spraying and praying there. Guys that I, you know, more longer shots, um, hoping to cash in there. So we're not going to be talking about all of those guys, but just want to say, you know, my hands up on that. But as far as like taking, you know, my allotted amount of money that I, I try to say, this is what I want to spend on Daytona. I like to spread it around evenly. Um, and I like to spend less on each bet because the odds at Daytona are so long. Typically on a different racetrack, like next week, we're going to Auto Club. The odds for the favorite you're going to see are probably around like plus 500. You know, maybe plus 450, depending on how they look in practice. This week, plus 1,200 is a typical uh, value for the favorite. And that's just because of the unpredictable nature of this racetrack. So because the fact that you can win some money on smaller bets, um, I like to spread my money around and try to, you know, really build up a, a solid stable of drivers who I believe in. Also, you know, take your calculated bets towards the top of the betting board, but also maybe sprinkle a lot more on longer shot drivers. So with that being said, there's also the top tens and head to heads that I also like to play as well. But for 
outrights. That's how I like to play it. The sprinkle approach to uh, taking your units and, and chopping them up and sprinkling them on guys that you like to really believe in based on the data that you're seeing. So anyone that I discuss on this podcast, I'm calling out, calling out three specific drivers who I've taken bets on already to win the race. And these are guys, uh, at least two of them are towards the top of the odds board. They're not shocks to the system. One of them is a co-favorite. But anybody else that I talk about on this episode, trust me, I will be putting something on them to win the race. Because Daytona could be a lottery ticket for you in some capacity, like that guy who won a million dollars. That, Like I said, that won't happen again, but you could still hit big in some capacity. So there's that. Um, the data set that I'm looking at, I want to first start by saying I'm not considering Atlanta in my numbers. That could be a mistake on my side. I know that a lot of people were going to begin into it. I probably asked Derek about this in a bit. Uh, but I, for one, am not because I like the data that we're getting from the natural super speedways. I've got a number of different things that I can look at and I, I feel comfortable with it. I just don't think that there's a stat that's going to be skewed that much by Atlanta being included in it. So I'm looking at the last 10 races that Daytona gave us. I'm looking at the last and I'm looking at average finish, drive rating, like those types of stats. I'm looking at the last five Daytona 500s because I want to see, you know, who's really stepped up when the uh, the eyes are on the sport. And then we've got a great sample size, four races on super speedways, two at Daytona, two at Talladega last season with the next gen car. That's going to be an important one because that's with this newer car. Last year going into the season, we really didn't know what to expect and it created a lot of parity. And it was what NASCAR wanted for gamblers. It was a little bit tougher to handicap. This year, we're able to use some of that data that we gathered last year. So we'll be looking at the 2022 races for sure. So with that being said, let's get to it here. And like I said, calling out three drivers, not really shocks to the system, but the first guy that I need to get just off my chest is Ryan Blaney plus 1,200. I call him Bridesmaid Blaney when we go to Daytona for the 500, because he just seems to be always so close. You look at that Ryan Newman wreck, like he was right involved with that towards the end. Um, we had Sindrick winning, and he kind of got screwed over there in the end with the Penske boys. kind of seemed like Sindrick left him out to dry. Blaney is just there. He, he's got good super speedway numbers, and the 500 is just slipping through his fingers each year, it seems like. So he's just missing. I think I do not want to be left out to dry when he finally clinches the 500. So I have to have him, even though he's going off as a co-favorite plus 1,200, that number is still uh, pretty good to me. So he's just so consistent. He's stayed consistent at Super Speedway Racing. He won the summer race uh, at Daytona. He has a Talladega win. So let's look at the last 10 races at Daytona's racetrack. One win, three top fives, five top tens. That top 10 number is a 50% hit rate. That is so damn good. Now, average finish numbers are all going to be skewed towards a, a larger number. His is 17.2. That's 11th in NASCAR. Not great, but his driver rating, a little bit better. He's 7th in NASCAR, 84.5. That's at Daytona. His last five Daytona 500s, his average finish is 8th. 14.0 and that includes 
a second place finish, a fourth place finish, and a seventh place finish in those last five Daytona 500. So um, his average finish being 14, you know, when these guys wreck, they wreck hard and they, they finish with, with terrible numbers. But when he's in it, when he's able to keep the car clean and stay out of trouble a little bit here, he really can do some damage. So he shines bright during the 500. 2022 Ford races on super speedways. Ryan Blaney was your best driver as far as average finish is concerned in all of NASCAR. 8.0. That's first. His driver rating was fourth. So legit. So legit. And you think about last year during that rain race at Daytona, his car was just limping around the racetrack. He was he kept it going, even though his car was killed, kept it going after the rain delay, after the rain wreck, and somehow snuck into the playoffs. He kept fighting, fighting, keeping his car alive. That to me is just, you know, someone who's in tune with the racetrack. They don't want to give up. That's good vibes at this track. I know I'm going for a stretch there, but um, I like Blaney. I can't not take Blaney at Daytona. It's just not in my blood to avoid him here. So lock me in. I'm already on 12 to 1 because I don't want to be left out in the rain. I mean, I talked about Blaney in the season win totals episode um, a couple weeks ago. This is somebody that really needs to step up. So what a way to shut the haters up from not winning a race last year to win the first race of this year. I can see it with Ryan Blaney. Next guy, a little bit further down the list. His name is William Byron, and he's going off at 16-1. to 1. Now, here's the thing about Byron, and I talked to start the episode, right? If you're a new listener, talk about how I like to go with data-driven selections, trying to make the, the smart play. But with William Byron, it's a little tougher, right? His numbers don't necessarily stack up to say, hey, this is a guy that you really want to take. But to me, it's the education that William Byron has gotten over the last few years that I'm really relying on. So let's talk about the bad things about Byron first. His average finish last 10 races at Daytona is dismal, 25.8. His last five Daytona 500s, 29.6. He just has not stepped up. Seven times in the last 10 races to Daytona, he's been caught up in the wrecks. Because something you'll see as you're looking through the stats on these drivers, you find that there are guys that are able to kind of avoid the big one. And that, for whatever reason, is a skill. You, you find that the guys are good at it, and there are guys that just constantly get swept up in it. And Byron has been the latter, unfortunately. But let's take a look at some of the positives historically at Daytona, he has qualified well. So that tells you, you know, and, and that's that's 100% true. Hendrick as a camp, the team that he runs for, is always going to be bringing it for the Daytona qualifying day. Like they have shown up in spades over the last few years now, and he's got three front rows at Daytona in his career, So, or at least in the last 10 races. So Byron's going to have a car, that is capable. Put himself out front. Okay. Start out front. You know, you try to avoid the mess in the middle of the race. Now, the thing about it is I talked about how he keeps getting swept up in the big one, but he has been able to stay on the lead lap two times. Okay. And 
If he does, he's not a guy who's just like at the tail end of the lead lap. If he's able to stay on the lead lap, he's an absolute factor. First and second at Daytona, the two times he's stayed on the lead lap. He won the summer 2020 race and just really, you know, something to kind of hang your hat on is when I'm talking about this like education, right? He's just learning as a younger driver. 2022 is not a great average finish, but driver rating, he's seventh. So that's encouraging, right? Driver rating is kind of like quarterback rating, saying like, you know, if he not exactly, if a quarterback goes out and he, he throws lights out, you could have a great quarterback rating and still lose the game. It's kind of a similar situation here with driver rating. He performed well, but just didn't get the finish that maybe the driver rating would lend to say he deserves. And, you know, that to me, seventh in driver rating in all four super speedways last year, that's encouraging. The other thing about it is, I said I'm not including Atlanta, which kind of turned itself into a super speedway last year. He won the first Atlanta race. So I feel a big year coming for William Byron, Willie B., you know, Billy Byron, whatever you want to call him. I feel a big year coming for him. I have him winning the championship in, in one bet because of his odds being pretty good. Plus 1,600 to win this race. I do not want to be on the outside looking in on this one. So, Willie B, plus 1,600. I'm locked in. Now we'll go a little bit further down because that's the fun of Daytona. We want to take some bigger swings, and this is definitely a bigger swing. It's a longer shot. Eric Jones, plus 3,000. That's 30 to 1. I'm very impressed with what Jones was able to do with his team last year, and I think they're going to be building off of that momentum. The Richard Petty Motorsports last year, you know, this car worked wonders for them. He was a factor in a lot of races. He was a factor for top tens, and he won a race last year, which is not something that you probably would have expected, but um, there they are, right? And now this team is, is a bit revamped, as we'll talk about in a second. But sticking with Jones here, his last 10 races at Daytona, he's got one win, two top fives. All right, you know. Not crazy numbers, but he does have that win. Talk about how hard it is to perform and be consistent at this racetrack. To have that win, two top fives, that's, you know, something to kind of rely on here. As average finish, 21.2. The last five Daytona 500s, he has gained 4.0 positions in the last 10% of the race. So what does that mean to me? That means that he's been able to kind of maneuver around things at the end of the race and gain positions on people that have wrecked out. That's how I'm choosing to view this one. I know at different racetracks, we can look at that a different way, but to say that he's gaining positions in the last 10% to me, that's telling me lately, or at least in the last five Daytona 500s, he's able to kind of maneuver his way around the, the wreckage. Then you want to talk about 2022, his average finish 14.5 on super speedways. That's good enough for 10th. But how about this stat for you? His driver rating in four super speedway races is first, 98.2. He is the guy. That is huge to say about someone who is 30 to 1. 30 to 1. So now you combine that with the fact that this team has so much momentum. They have renamed themselves to Legacy Motor Club. They've got Noah Gregson as a teammate now. 
driving the 42. And they've got owner-driver Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, joining the crew to race a few different times. I mean, that's huge because at Daytona, you have strength in numbers. Three cars and... You know, that's just a a big factor going on and off pit road. You don't want to get caught. So even though it's just one extra guy to their team, that's going to make all the difference. You know, if it's just the three of you. Now, typically they link up with manufacturers. um, So Chevy all goes in together. At least they try to. But the point remains to have Jimmy Johnson in your camp on the track with you sharing notes when you've had Good success last year at Super Speedways. My goodness. I mean, I I like this. And by the way, you know, if this plus 3,000 number doesn't do it for you, how about a top 10 on Eric Jones? I'll be in on that as well. Plus 205 on Barstool. That is a great value for Eric Jones, someone who performed very well last year. So um, I think all that momentum is going to work wonders for Eric Jones. 30 to 1 is the, the long shot pick there for the outright. So it's Ryan Blaney, 12 to 1. For the 12 driver, by the way, William Byron, 16 to 1, and Eric Jones, 30 to 1. We're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. All right, so next we're going to get to the finishing position part of the podcast. And typically I like to focus in on maybe like two, three, four bets on a week to week basis. But this week, how can I resist? I'm a I mean, kid in a candy store right now. There are so many different drivers that I like for various reasons in various markets. So I'm going to just kind of rip off a bunch of them here. Some of them are lean. Some of them I'm already locked in on. And, you know, we'll see. I'm sure I'll find more uh, in the time that I'm done recording before race day. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, you, you sprinkle some money on these guys that we're about to mention to win the race because they're much, much longer odds. But for these bets we're going to get into, you know, the shorter odds are going to be coming when we're talking about top tens. And those bets that I'm calling out, I'm going a little bit more heavy on with the bets, maybe a full unit, maybe two units, whatever. So um, let's talk about the first guy here and use him as an example. So first one I want to call out is a top 10 pick. And this is a specific top 10 pick. It's Chris Busher. He's plus 195, driving for RFK. And out of everyone, you know, say, why, how are you landing on Chris Busher? I don't think this is a crazy pick. I think he's probably going to be someone that a lot of different NASCAR uh, gambling podcast people are calling out. He's, he's a trendy pick, I would imagine. I've not listened to anybody else's stuff. That's my. Uh, thing I try to avoid, block everybody out, and then after I record, I go and absorb everybody else that has opinions on the matter and, and seeing how I match up. Chris Busher is someone that I think you're probably going to hear a lot of, especially with this top 10 number. Why? Because you look at everybody who's ran the last 10 races at Daytona. He has the best top 10 percentage, 50%. Okay, five for 10. He's got six lead lap finishes. That doesn't sound like a lot. It would kind of sound to the naked eye or the naked ear that that's kind of dog shit. But at Daytona, it's such a monster. Six lead lap finishes. He's the guy, right? We were talking a little bit ago. I think it was about William Byron. Guys who are able to avoid the wreckage and guys who get swept up. We said in the past, Byron has gotten swept up. 
Chris Busher has found a way. And if he does get swept up, he somehow has made it so that his car doesn't get so destroyed that he's able to stay on the lead lap and, and keep the car out there. So six lead lap finishes in the last 10. That percentage, that 50% hit rate for a top 10 is what really catches my eye. To say that he's the, the number one driver in that category, it's impressive for a guy who's not really part of the, the big name crews, right? I mean, his average finish obviously would lend itself to be pretty well in that stat. 15.2. It's pretty good. Sixth in all of NASCAR for average finish at Daytona in the last 10 races. So Chris Buescher at plus 195 to me is someone who stands out. Now, there's also various books out there that have the ability to bet on teams to win. Busher is plus 3,000, just like our guy Eric Jones that we talked about a minute ago. So he's further down the odds list. His teammate is Brad Kozlowski, a proven super speedway driver. He's plus 1,800. So if you weren't sure who to choose between the two of them, you could take just RFK as a whole for plus 1,200 as a team. Both really good super speedway drivers. Uh, so that would be if you're kind of unsure who to go with and you wanted to throw you know whatever amount of money in on one bet instead of splitting it out between the two, RFK at plus 1,200 may be your option if you can't choose between the two of them. But Chris Buescher, top 10 is the first place I want to start here in this area. I want to go to somebody now that I absolutely love for this bet. It is A.J. Allmendinger for a top 10 plus 255 on Barstool. Now, I might just be crazy. I, I Maybe I am. But this is my favorite pick in this category right here because of various reasons. A.J., is someone that I've just been, you know, he, he's been the darling in my eyes, the, the bell of the ball for me in this postseason, or excuse me, the offseason, heading into this new 2023 year because of his situation with Colleague, his skill sets, and how it matches up to potentially putting himself in good position for a playoff run. AJ is a really good super speedway driver. Like that for a while. It's actually the basis of how Colleg Racing got started. It's because they wanted to start from scratch. They say, hey, we need to race a few races a year, super speedways. Who's a good super speedway guy who isn't locked in right now? A.J. Allmendinger. He's one of the best. Okay, sign him up. Like, that's how they got started as a team. So... His odds are way down the list. He's plus 5,000 to win the race. I have a little sprinkle on that, but I really like the top 10 here for AJ. His last cut races were a while back, 2018. All right. He had two cut races from 2018, but he was two for two in the top 10, third and 10th. So that's, you know, even though it was a while back, Something you can kind of work off of as you're building the case. Now, that was years ago. So how about lately? Where has he been? You can only go with what you're working with, right? Apples to apples. Xfinity Series last year, we had four super speedway races. Let me tell you where AJ was finishing in those races at Daytona and Talladega. Second at Daytona, third, third, and first. He didn't finish outside the top three in the Xfinity series on a super speedway race. That is just wild. And it's not like he was in like crazy different equipment 
in the Xfinity Series, he was still racing for Colic. So he's racing for them now in their Cup Series equipment. I mean, he has the ability to be a, a real, you know, trendsetter in this race. He could be, uh, you know, we talk about like horse racing, right? You got the horses who go out and they set the tone for everybody. AJ may be that guy in the Daytona 500. We just haven't seen him there in a little while. So really like what we're seeing out of him in the Xfinity series and at plus 255, that number for a top 10 just really jumps out the page to me. If he goes out and wins a duel, you're not going to get that number. So jump on it as soon as you possibly can. Um, so AJ, definitely someone to keep your eyes peeled for. So now let's move to the next guy. And this is another one that's not going to be much of a surprise. It's Michael McDowell. He's Mr. Daytona. It feels like he just walks in. He turns into a different driver when he, approaches that racetrack he's plus 195 to finish in the top 10 he's got four top 10s in the last 10 races at daytona and daytona 500s he is just unbelievable he has the best average finish in nascar in the last five daytona 500 7.2 he obviously won that 2021 race um, which was a huge deal you know he was kind of a guy coming from off the beaten path, not a big name driver, not a big name team, and he got it done. But those of us who kind of studied McDowell were on him in that race. I was someone who cashed in on that, had him for a top 10, had him for a top five, and a sprinkle on a win. And, you know, it paid off for us. So we're going to keep going back to that well because this is a track that he just seems to let come to him and makes it work. If you're looking at his last 10 races at Daytona, all four of his top 10 finishes came during the Daytona 500. So that tells you exactly what you need to hear. Maybe we'll fade him when we come back here in the summertime because the 500 just somehow speaks to him differently. I don't know what it is. He's like the 500 whisperer. Um, last year in super speedways, he was seventh in average finish on the four tracks, three top tens in four races, the two Daytona to a Taldega. There were only four guys in NASCAR with three top tens. And he was one of them. We're talking about Michael McDowell. So super speedway racer, clearly a car that has that ability. We've got the next gen car, more parity, lower teams have more abilities now. And Daytona just really, you know, speaks to him differently. Plus 195, lock me in for Michael McDowell right away. But we're not done there. I've still got a few more bets. Like I said, I can't stop. I really can't. Kyle Busch, I need Kyle for a top five plus 280, and I might need him at plus 130. That's a lean for the top 10 super speedways last year in what I would say, you know, my conspiracy theory had on shit equipment. He's doing well last year in dog shit equipment. Gibbs were giving him the, the stuff from the back of the garage because they knew he was out. And he was still taking that equipment and driving it to the front. One top five, three top tens last year on super speedways, 9.8 average finish. That was good enough for third in NASCAR last year in a Toyota. In a Toyota. Last five Daytona 500s, he was fifth in driver, a 90.1. One, you're telling me now he's moving over to the RCR squad. He's got Austin Dillon as a teammate who is a known dog on super speedways. The the current Daytona uh, summer race champion. I mean, that's a, a combination that we can expect big things from. So I, I think we're going to see uh, a big you know, hammer being thrown down here by Kyle. This opening race for RCR plus two 
80 for a top five. I think you're going to see him up there fighting. And uh, that ticket is something that I expect to cash. So now we'll get into some others here that are a little bit more longer shot. It's become a tradition for me to take Eric Almarola in the Daytona 500. He is plus 215 to finish top 10. Daytona is, you know, his home track, I guess. Pretty sure he's an Orlando guy, Central Florida guy, and he has performed well enough at super speedways, Daytona in particular, for me just to kind of throw this bet in blindly. If you don't want to tail me on this one, I get it. The stats aren't necessarily there, but he has been someone who is a factor and just can't put the pieces together. Um, you, I look back to always look back to when he was leading the race on the backstretch in the 500 years ago and Austin Dillon just completely wiped him out. That was a shame. And things like that have happened to him at this track. So don't know what his future holds. I kind of feel like he's on his way out. He announced retirement last year and now he's back for another one. Um, but, you know, looking at last year, 2022 Super Speedway races, he was ninth in average finish, 13.3 out of everyone in NASCAR. So this isn't just a blind bet. This is based around some statistics. It's just kind of become a, a tradition for me. Uh, shout out my buddy Nick, who is a big Almarola fan as well. So uh, plus 215, that jumps out at me. Now, we'll get to one of the uh, other bets. Before I get to my meme bet that a lot of people are probably expecting me to make, and I will not disappoint, don't worry. But there was one bet that I wanted to call out. I needed something on Bubba. Bubba just kept jumping off the page to me as I was looking at this and putting stats together. It didn't matter if we were talking about last 10 at Daytona. You know, last 10 races at Daytona, his average finish is third, 12.5. Then if you're looking at, you know, driver rating last 10 at Daytona, he's 10th, 81.3. Like, he shows up in that stat. Then last five Daytona 500s, average finish, he's ninth, 14.8. So he's someone who is a force he's a super speedway driver he's really coming into his own now driving this 23 car you're looking last year four races on super speedways he's fifth in average finish 11.5 so how can you get something in on bubba i was looking at top tens and just i don't know didn't love the situation obviously you got to take him a little sprinkle to win the race but um, i wanted a little bit more than what i was getting for a top 10 so if you look Plus 350 to be the top Toyota is where I'm landing with Bubba Wallace. Why? It's because Toyota only has six drivers. Denny is obviously the perennial favorite. He's a, a guy that could easily win the race. He's won three of them recently uh, at the 500, but Bubba is right there. He's nipping at his heels talent-wise at these super speedways, and really Toyota hasn't shown up at these tracks, so Bubba looking to cash in. I like the plus 350 number to be the top Toyota. Four top fives in the last 10 races at Daytona. That is just wild. So fifth best in average finish, as I mentioned last year, was the best of any Toyota in the race this coming weekend. So Bubba, plus 350. I'm going with that one as a way to throw a little cash on him. And now to my meme bet. I will tell you, don't tell me blind one on this one. But Ty Dillon, plus 500 to finish in the top 10. If you're new here, you're going to think that I'm absolutely batshit crazy. And I might be. 
But Ty Dillon, the only time you take him is a super speedway. That is just absolutely facts, especially now racing for Spire. Like last year when he was racing for RPM, you know, there was still that chance, right? We saw Eric Jones doing well. You're kind of like, well, you know, is the 42 going to do anything? His paint schemes were absolutely sick. Will he do anything? Result was no. But, but on super speedways, I can't not take him. Three of the last eight races at Daytona, he finished top 10. So three of eight. Seven of the last 11 races on super speedways, he's finished top 11. Last year, I took this bet in the 500. And as they were crossing the finish line, I was cheering because I was using my own eyes to count who was crossing when. I thought he finished 10th. He actually finished 11. He just missed. He's ninth in average finish out of everyone in NASCAR in the last 10 races at Daytona. Like, we're talking about the last 10 recent races, last five years. This is Ty Dillon finishing ninth average finish. So this bet, while it's crazy, we saw, you know, I'm going to go to Atlanta again for a second. Corey LaJoy on a air quote super speedway in Atlanta. Corey LaJoy was putting himself in position for Spire to steal a race. Now we've got, you know, a couple drivers now for Spire. Ty Dillon being one of them, you have to imagine they're throwing a lot of eggs in the super speedway basket. So I got to throw it in. Can't not top 10 plus 500 monster odds and, you know, lock it in. So um, those are the, the bets here. I usually don't throw this many together, but like I said, there are so many out there that I, I love and don't want to miss out on. Um, so let me know what you are doing. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. And let me know if I miss anything, if you hate something I'm putting in, if you are tailing it, whatever the case, let me know. But all good things have to come to an end, so that'll wrap up the finishing position segment for the Daytona 500 this year. If it isn't my car, show the sale. Shake and bake, buddy! Shake it! Before you bake it! Here I come. Slingshot engaged. So we've reached the point of the podcast where we're going to bring on our guest this episode, our first guest of the new season for a race episode. I know we had Chris from Flag Hunting on for Silly Season, but Derek's going to kick off the regular season with us here at Daytona. He's been a regular of the podcast. And remember, you can find this conversation on YouTube if you like to absorb your content there. So give that a look if you like the visual. Otherwise, hang tight and we'll bring you Derek. All right, well, now we are thrilled to welcome back to the pod our favorite recurring guest. He seems to be our Daytona guy over the last year and a half or so. We've got Derek Yoder back on the podcast to kick us off once again for the Daytona 500. Derek, welcome. How are you doing? Phil, thank you very much. Happy to be back. Uh I'm doing well. I'm pumped for Daytona. I'm pumped that the season is finally here. Everything we've talked about over the last number of months, whether like you've been talking about silly season or talking about so many things on uh, various shows for me, I'm happy to know that we are going to see actual cars on track in a meaningful event and uh, we're going to see a lot of action. So I'm pumped. Thanks for having me back and looking forward to getting into some of the conversation tonight. Absolutely. I was trying to think back. You've been on 
you're definitely my like whatever the, the term is you've been on the podcast as a guest the most like you've got the record for that you started i think it was to kick off the playoffs one year then you yep. came on for the championship then you yep. came on for daytona then summer daytona then the championship again oh. and now here we are uh for daytona so you're just the the big race guy and um you know couldn't be more happy to, to have you break down so the first thing i want to ask you because i took a nice relaxing off season just kind of like not thinking about nascar just turning the brain off you went a different route um and you have become maybe the most busy guy in like motorsports podcasting i don't know if that's a, a correct uh, thing to say but i think it's arguable so how have you been doing the off season and tell me about your podcast that that you put together yeah well i appreciate that uh yeah no like you said i've been very busy um but that has been intentional you know i have uh i have a dream i have a goal of making it in the industry whether it's the sports betting industry or motorsports in general so kind of took it in the fourth gear in the off season taking a lot of the momentum that we uh together has have helped develop and then uh, like I said, going into the off season, Brian Murphy of Stewart House Racing and I joined and are doing a podcast called All Things Go. And we've had such a blast doing that. We just had our 13th episode uh, yesterday, which was with Jeff Gluck. We've had Don Hawk, CEO of SRX on. We had Matt Weaver on. We've had so many uh, list of names, Parker Kligerman, Andy Lally, Chris Wormy uh, from the betting uh, industry. So it's been a lot of fun and we've been able to talk to so many different people, but it's been uh, nonstop. And there've been times where I'm like, you know, I wish I could had a, a little bit of rest, but I'm learning so much right now about motorsports, about LMP2, LMP3, uh, F1. And I think what I've realized is I'm passionate about racing. I'm passionate about NASCAR. But I'm realizing that there are elements that I was not aware of that are going to help me in a handicapping process just through watching and understanding practice and qualifying uh, on a week to week basis. So I'm, I'm learning a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the grind. I'm enjoying the journey, even though it's hard a lot of the times. I mean, yeah, I can imagine 13 episodes to to crank out since the mm -hmm. end of uh, the NASCAR season from 2022 is quite a lot. And those <laughs> are some big names like Jeff Gluck, your most recent guest. Like, yep. You feel like you can't get bigger than that. But then before that you had the, the Hawk on from SRX. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just unbelievable. And, and just to kind of cap off uh, a great off season that you've had. And I know you've got even bigger names, you know, you're shooting for, um, down the road. Mm -hmm. So you and Brian are a great team. If you haven't had a chance to listen to all things go, it's, it's really great to hear you guys as like a dynamic duo asking the questions. Let me ask you, you mentioned you're learning things mm -hmm. for handicapping. Like, give me an example. Like what's something that you've learned over the past, like a couple of months that you're going to be looking at moving forward, you know, in the season. Well, it, it it's, uh, you know, Brian works with Stuart Haas Racing, and there's so much that goes into the car and around the car and, and is affiliated with that, that just some of the terminology that he's saying that I never even equated to my handicapping process of uh, understanding the various teams and then understanding the personnel behind the scenes, the crew chief, the car chief, and some of the personnel that even 
uh, going to making the body fabrication that I was not aware of. So I really tried to study maybe who went where and understand what teams are affiliating themselves. Uh, RFK is a good example. You know, they, with Brad coming on last year, they really started developing a team and there's so many people that keep pointing eyes uh, at what they are building and saying that's going to be a very dynamic team because all the personnel. So just kind of watching that. And then even when they're doing their, their, uh, you know, track tests, uh, like they were just out at Phoenix and some of the inf information there and just kind of understanding, okay, it's not what I would have thought of before. It's like, Oh, it's cool to hear cars are on track, but now it's like, okay, what were they doing on track? Who was at the track test? Why is that important? Maybe what's some data or anything I can find out from it and then applying that. And, you know, when we had Andy Lally on and just hearing about different elements, maybe it's slipstream or maybe it's uh, vehicle uh, ins and outs. And even Parker talking about the Xfinity cars and just kind of understanding what goes into his process and then equating that to, well, what's a driver that's comparable to him? And uh, the list can go on. You can take it in a thousand different ways, but it's been cool for me to kind of take it and be like, okay, I really want to learn. I really want to understand because then when I sit down and I'm watching practice or qualifying or even the race, I want to know this track, this car, this reason, uh, all kind of comes together and, and we can make some money. Makes sense. I mean, you're, you're doing great work. Is the plan to keep going like an episode a week type of deal in the regular season? Is yep. Brian going to be able to keep up that clip? Yep, Brian's going to be able to keep up with that. Uh, it's our goal to each other. It's our promise. So uh, I just texted Good him stuff. not too long ago, and I said, uh, you know, let's dominate the next 38 weeks of the season and uh, do everything we can. So, yeah, we're going to do a crank out an episode every show. But we've also had guys, you know, we've had uh, Stephen Mitchell, who's the truck driver for the four hauler, just to kind yeah, of yeah. understand that back that background. Uh, you know, we've had, like I said, we had a uh, break from F1, who's a huge content creator, and uh, what he does, he was a former F1 engineer for Red Bull and just kind of hearing that conversation. So we're having a lot of really unique conversations within motorsports. And it's really cool to be able to see all these guys behind the scenes, whether it's with the Dirt Series or Steve Post we had on with MRN. And it's like, man, it's so cool to, to uh, be able to just sit down and chat with these guys. So, yeah, the goal is to do that and then continue to grow the NASCAR betting preview show like we've been doing. And, uh, you know, Daytona is a big week for us. You know, we have uh, Jim Sonis on of FanDuel and uh, Number Fire. So it's going to be tons of fun. So I'm, I'm pumped. Well, well, let's get into that. Good segue. That's what I wanted to ask you about next, or at least, you know, kind of have you describe. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I, gave, I gave that a plug last week, you know, when I was doing my NASCAR uh, season win total preview show. Mm -hmm. um, but you have been hard at work just kind of working on that Twitter spaces show, the NASCAR betting yeah. preview show. We do that on Twitter every Wednesday night. And last year, you know, you go on Twitter, you hear us talk and, and that was kind of it. You have mm -hmm. really busted your ass to make that a, a, a place that people will be able to go get their content live on Wednesday and participate, but also now watch it in a number of different ways. So mm -hmm. tell just like, that process of what you've been going through uh, and and where we are today and what to expect this year for anyone who enjoys that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, the NASCAR betting preview show started last year. And as I tell the story, the first three shows had no listeners, but that fourth show had three listeners and Rory being one. And then we were able to all kind of come together 
and really make an impact. And it was so cool to see our progression throughout the year and the things that we were able to do. And then eventually when we got the homestead, we had 2,100 listeners and then we had another 800 for uh, Phoenix. And then recently for the clash and kicking off our season preview, we had spider of barstool sports uh, on and, and be able to talk with him and have him as a guest. And it's just been amazing to have those conversations and see the industry uh, understand who you are and who Mark is and who Rory is and just get accustomed to all of us and, and join and support us as well. So the NASCAR betting preview show was only on Twitter spaces. And we saw so much growth there of the community coming out, listening and supporting replays. But now uh, and we, we've, we're going to Twitch, uh, YouTube, and it's all powered by Podium Esports, who helps with the MNR, uh, which is a iRacing league. And I uh, got connected with them through the various things I do with them and, and their network. So Podium uh, and Gary Sexton, I have to say a big thank you to because we just got into a conversation one day and, and his goals and my goals seem to be aligning. And uh, we had no idea we were going to even be touching on some of these topics. And next thing you know, we're talking about streaming and uh, having different opportunities because, you know, we want to see this grow for numerous different ways. And uh, Twitch, you know, is obviously uh, a big platform and a major platform and new to us. So now not only do you hear us on Twitter spaces, but now you get us on Twitch and YouTube. And you also then get the podcast form of the show where then we can put out a couple other different shows. You and I are going to do a truck series betting preview for Daytona coming up. So it's just utilizing as many platforms as we can. There are 24 hours in one day. I forget that. But utilizing as many as we can and giving the listening audience and the better and the people that just want to learn more about the sport, more opportunity to engage and understand who we are as well. It's fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday night, tomorrow night, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So it's a lot when you're, you know, mm-hmm. as busy as you are. So I appreciate you spending time with me tonight. And, uh, I'm happy that we have odds out to, to talk about. Um, so let's yes. look to 2023. And my first question about 2023, I'm not going to ask you like, who's going to be the champion, right? That's okay, rough. Good. But are you taking anything away from last year and, and kind of, you know, saying, all right, I'm going to utilize that as this season's progressing, you know, Mm -hmm. what can I learn from last year and and how to apply it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you look at, uh, we'll start with Christopher Bell. So Christopher Bell, you know, he had two big wins at the end of 2022 and and they were strategy dependent wins. Martinsville was strategy dependent at the end with taking uh, tires and, and then also at the Roval. So he scored two wins there, but I think that momentum continues for him. And I think he's a guy that we got to take very serious this year. I think he um, is a guy that will have multiple wins. I know his over under right now is minus one and a half wins. And I've been telling a lot of people to take the over on that. Another guy and take it to the flip side. We saw William Byron come out hot last year. He won at uh, Atlanta. He dominated Martinsville. That was an interesting situation there because of the temperatures, new car, et cetera. However, still won, almost won Darlington, uh, got put in the wall late. But that car, I believe HMS used that as a test car. He had two wins. He was locked himself in the playoffs. This was a new Gen 7 vehicle, giving his other or other drivers some tools. And, and some of the stuff I've learned from Brian Murphy is these these teams have not had a lot of cars. They have not had a lot of parts. And we heard that a lot last year. Well, what better way to utilize some of those uh, resources than when you have a guy that's already locked in? So I feel like 
Ryan, uh, William Byron is going to have a sh very strong year because he's no longer that test vehicle. Um, so you can learn different things like that. I, you know, there's nothing you can really take from the Xfinity series and apply it to cup. And there's really nothing I can take from even generation six or five of the cup car and apply them in gen seven, because it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new car. The diffuser, everything underneath the car is different, how the cars race, uh, how edgy they are. Uh, everything's different. So when I watch back on replays uh, week in and week out, getting ready for a race, there's so much stuff from a strategy standpoint I'm able to watch um, who can, who's falling back, who's coming through. And, you know, those kind of things you can just tuck away in your mind and it makes it so much easier for us that do the live betting element, uh, which we have those abilities now. So uh, just the just to name a few. That's what I got. That's good stuff. You called out a couple drivers who I have future bets on. So I'm happy to hear you. You know, in agreement, looking forward mm -hmm. to, to Bell and Byron, you know, guys that uh, you're expecting to to kind of take the bull by the horns this year. I'm in a full agreement with that um, yeah. for for really similar, similar reasons. So um, there's we'll one see. more there's one more guy I forgot to name and it was Chase Briscoe and Chase Chase ended the year so strong. He could have had three wins by the end of May, got into some wrecks, Charlotte and uh, Bristol Dirt. He finished the year's last 10 races. I believe he had seven top tens in his last uh, 10 races. He's going to be a guy that is going to be competing and in races week in and week out. And I think just having that extra year we talk about in fantasy football a lot, or we just talk about in football in general, third year wide receivers usually have breakout years. Well, Chase Briscoe is entering a third year for a cup series. He has so much success throughout his racing career and a lot of people look at his talent matt weaver was saying one of the most talented drivers in nascar is chase briscoe he will be an eventual champion and that's one of those guys that's like okay if he's saying that and what is his skill set what is he good at and chase kind of fits the mold for a lot of different places that we stop so that was one call i want to make sure i got in yeah i'm glad you did because i have not really been the guy who believes in briscoe i know he got the win earlier in the season um at phoenix but kind of just like wrote him off as you know okay but no, he made the round of eight which is huge mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure and probably had a lot to do with uh pointing his way in like you said the last 10 races so i'm interested to see there, there's a couple drivers mm -hmm. like him that i'm fully prepared to fade uh, Chastain is another one guys who had success last year that I expect, you know, maybe a fall off, but I great to hear a, a, mm -hmm. another opinion on him. And I could probably easily be persuaded to throw something in on him, uh, because the odds I imagine are, are pretty good to the gambler. So, um, yeah, yeah. Good call out by Briscoe or for Briscoe there. Mm -hmm. Um, so as we're talking about 2023 season, I wanted to now talk about something new, um, and this is something that you're involved in, Derek. And I want to just explain what this is and then get your thoughts uh, maybe as Daytona yeah. is approaching. So a lot of people remember toolhangers.com from last year. They uh, Jordan from Toolhangers, great mm -hmm. dude, worked with me for the Toolhangers Better the Week last year, gave away a nice gift card. Um, this season, I wanted to, you know, Jordan was like, hey, let's let's figure out something to do and one thing that I was hoping to do was connect. There's a lot of different content creators in the game now. Um, people that have come on the NASCAR betting preview show. Everyone's mm -hmm. got a, a nice podcast now. I wanted to try to thread some of these shows together in some way with competition. So 
uh, over the all season was kind of curating, like, what's the best way to do this? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And there's a one and done pool. So what that means is each week you pick one driver and he, you get those points for that driver and then you can't pick him again um, until the playoffs. Then the playoffs things reset and it gets a little different, but um, you pick two drivers and the pool is wide open again. And then you can't take them. In any case, we've got hmm. people from from all over. Uh, if you're a, a fan of NASCAR gambling, you probably know. You know that we've got the guys from the NASCAR gambling show, the uh, Cody Zebes, mm-hmm. and and most likely Rod. I'm not sure if he'll jump in or not. We've got all the guys from our show on uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. so that could be a topic on Wednesday nights to see what people yep. are leaning towards. We've uh, Chris Wormy had said that he he'd be in, but when he said that he was at the waste management. So we'll see the flag hunting guys are in. Uh, we've got Ryan Stevens from uh, win the race. Mm-hmm. Who's in Seth from in between media and, you know, Rye Cape he's in as well, like a bunch yeah. of different people. But the cool thing that Chris came up with was Twitter. If you're listening to the show and you want to play along with us, we're going to have a Twitter account where the poll on Twitter will capture the votes of who Twitter wants to say the driver should be that week. And we'll see if Twitter can compete against, you know, everyone (laughs) that I'm talking about here and all these different shows. So it'll be fun for bragging rights. I know we Mm got to work out a a price for the pool still, but um, I'm excited to see this. Hopefully it's something we can keep up with. My thought was over the, you know, dog days of summer when things are getting a little, you know, draggy, we can, uh, still use that as a, a way to kind of bolster uh, some content and, and poke fun at each other. So um, with that, I appreciate you joining that. And mm-hmm. have you given any thought this week to who you're going to use early? You don't have to give it away yet. You don't have to punch okay. it in until the day of, but uh, any buddy that sticks out to you early in the week here for Daytona. Oh yeah. Ty Dillon. How can you not? <laughs> <laughs> taking was, my guy yeah i know i thought about that i had that one uh you know i was cooking that one up no i know i could go your guy i even though you're you don't have to say who you're taking we all know who you're taking uh but no my i think my strategy yeah definitely excited uh a buddy and i that is just getting into the sport uh we did this same thing last year and uh we had nothing on the line we would text each other every week he would send me a list of who we took and that uh, was really cool to see his engagement in getting into the sport, watching the truck series and Xfinity. So I'm all in. I think this is a really cool thing that can last throughout the entire season. Like you said, I forgot that it does reset at the playoffs, So it might shift what some of my strategies are, but at, you know, super speedways, you can kind of take a little bit more of a risk. Um, anybody that's listening that is in it, I definitely highly recommend you take Denny Hamlin. Uh, I think that would be dumb if you did not. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be uh, a really cool competition and, you know, you and Chris coming up with something that, Hey, is going to bring some of the handicappers and, uh, people well-known on Twitter from the gambling space together and kind of be who's tout themselves as I was the best this year. And I think that's really cool. So good on you guys and good to see Jordan and tool hangers, uh, getting involved. That's cool. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Um, and hopefully it works out, you know, these season long mm-hmm. deals, Sometimes they fall off, but I'm hoping, you know, with all of us talking shit every week, uh, at least on Wednesday nights, we'll uh, we'll keep it alive. So, um, yeah, should be fun and happy to, you know, try to build some some content off of that and, you know, talk some shit. So let's talk Daytona. Um, That's why we're here. I wanted to ask you a point blank question. And and this kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier about 
you know, talking with Brian, learning a little about what to look for as you're handicapping races. So we've got speed week now. The clash is gone. Um, so it's not speed weeks, but we've right. got qualifying on Wednesday night. We've got the duels on Thursday and then full into the races, trucks, Xfinity and mm-hmm. uh, cup. What matters more to you as you're looking to kind of structure uh, your card for the cup race? What matters more to you qualifying the duels or the practice that comes throughout the weekend? Uh, yeah. So this week specifically for Daytona, it would be the duels because I want to see, I want to see whose cars are really working best. What are the drivers saying and taking a lot of Intel from what that conversation is, you know, at the super speedways, you can kind of finish wherever these cars do not, they get massive runs, but they don't, they're not able to pass a whole lot like we used to see back in the early 2000s, even middle, you know, 2010s, uh, where you got you could be back in 26th or 27th, or like Kevin Harvick did. You know, he came all the way from the back, even the last lap. I think he was in ninth and won the race. There's different things that need to happen, but for me, going into Daytona, it is it is the duels that I'll take the most out of uh, because that's when I'm able to see some racing action and uh, and like I said, be able to figure out what the guys are saying now. Week to week, like next week's Auto Club, that'll be different. Practice is usually almost always more important to me. Uh, just some some of the data, some of the notes that I'm able to get and see there uh, are usually what's going to be number one. But this week, it's going to be the duels. How about it's for a good, you? Good answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Daytona is so n- unique. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, they do the qualifying and then you have the duels and that's what sets the, the tone I, or sets the field rather. I was not sure what you were going to say um, because obviously I think most people think that qualifying is a bit of a joke for the, the 500, just not necessarily a joke, but you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to tell much. No, uh, no. What's going to go on in the race, single car qualifying. So, or w- however they're going to qualify. Um, yep. Ghouls came to mind and I'm, not sure where I land just because of how you can have such differing strategies in the duels. Like you've Mm -hmm. got guys who are just going to play it safe and teams that are just like, you know what? We want to keep our, Mm -hmm. our car intact. We've been working on it all year or off season. Um, So we're just going to ride in the back and then they come alive. So um, I don't know if you, can you trust everything that you see? You kind of have to look at everything with a, you know, grain of salt, but um, I hear what you're saying about seeing the cars, like how they act. And I kind of like mm-hmm. seeing how the drivers act too. Like if I see a guy who's yes. really aggressive and really racy and, you know, in the duels trying to get good position, man, he's not going to hold back at all when it comes to Sunday. So I see why you would say the duels. Um, I enjoy practice because I like seeing how they kind of link up with their teammates and and their mm-hmm. manufacturers and, and seeing, you know, in that case, like who has a, a fast car lap time wise. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I think I would probably go practice because they're trying to just lay down like the, the who has the fastest car tweak, try to get faster and faster mm-hmm. and faster. Um, and they will still be able to draft a little bit with their teammates and, and can, uh, manufacturer buddies. But, um, and, and the reason why the duels, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Is, like I said, I'm not sure if everybody's on the same, like, got to go get it mentality. Mm-hmm. But it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. And that's why I wanted to ask you the question. 
Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I do want to chime in about that because I think this is a good conversation because I was thinking practice as well until, again, having some conversations with Brian and just understanding that these manu- these teams do not have backup cars. Like they do not have at, at the disposal that we used to remember. So when they only have maybe one per four cars, it makes it so tough. I don't think we're going to see anything in practice. I don't even know if we'll see uh, numerous cars, like you said, uh, drafting together because just that risk of, Hey, we already did the, we already did the duels that's done. Now, if you do the duels and you get into a wreck, you're going to see that car and that team practicing like a good bit to make sure that that car is ready. But I think that's going to be it. When you have some of these guys that are, you know, uh, like a team of Hendrick, uh, or let's just use the, the JGR TRD guys. Cause there's six cars there. I don't think we see them, uh, practicing a whole lot because, what they got is what they got. That, that's just my devil's advocate, if you will, just uh, thought process. But well, you might be right. Me, let me respond to that, right? So mm-hmm. I think that makes me question the duels a little bit. I I, I was going to ask you about backup cars um, mm-hmm. because let's, let's go off of what you're saying. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if these guys had the backup cars that we're used to yet. So I'm assuming Mm-mm. what you're saying is they don't. Three or four um, weeks, they'll have their their full allotment. In three or four weeks, so for mm-hmm. Daytona, they don't. So no. it's one no. one car per whatever, and everybody's a little bit different, but still a small amount. That, so right, that would small. make me feel like the drivers in the duels are getting instructions mm-hmm. like, "Do not fuck this up." Like, Correct. and that would make me as a driver want to ride in the back and and not that, show my hand. I I think it'll be less. It'll be more of a tame duels than what we're you know accustomed to of years past. Last year, and I was just watching the duels uh, the other night, and they were pretty tame. There was really no action. The last lap of the Logano race where Busher won is when Logano made a block and got wrecked. So his his car was wrecked there. But that was really the only action that we saw for those two races. And I kind of think the same thing can be said then going into this week where, like you said, I mean, guys aren't going to fuck around. They're just going to try to keep it straight. But these are also drivers going 200 miles an hour. And to be up front, these, some of these guys are trying to race their way in. Other guys are trying to get a better position. Maybe they didn't qualify well. So there's going to be a lot of things that, as you know, that are at play. And it makes it seem easy of like, okay, we'll just kind of hang out till five to go. But like, we're still talking with five to go. Like shit goes crazy with five to go that the helmet comes off their head almost and down to the floorboard when they're just going, you know, all out. So I don't know if I think we're going to see a tame race on Thursday, but I think we can learn a lot in whose car is drafting the best, who, what manufacturer I should say is drafting the best, gets the most, uh, be able to kind of draft up on a car. We saw it, uh, 10 years ago. I want to say it was 10 years ago where, um, uh, Trevor Bain in the 21 car, I think it was 10 years ago where he had the best pusher. Anybody that has the best pusher is somebody that we should be betting on on Sunday because he's able to get to the front. And if he's in third or fourth going into the final lap and we know how much of a strong car he has or how his team has, that's going to play a major factor into our betting process. So those are some of the things that I think the duel make it even more imperative of maybe the most important session of the entire week. Good points. I I think it also is imperative that you're actually watching like just looking at mm-hmm. you know lap times and things like that is not going to give you the full picture if you're trying to go off of the duels alone 
um, right. you're going to have to see with your own two eyes, like what's, what's going on on the mm-hmm. track. Um, so yeah, you'll definitely want to do your homework there going into mm-hmm. the 500. Um, and that's why it is the most important race of the year, the biggest race of the year. So how about you, your betting strategy, I'm not asking you specifically yep. who you like, but how do you bet the 500 and, and super speedways in general? I, I kind of went through earlier on the pod, mm-hmm. how I do it kind of a broken record for anyone that's been listening for a few years now. Um, but what's your approach? Do you find your guy or two and mm-hmm. dive in and hit big? Or do you do the shotgun approach, finding different markets to bet, um, you know, various you know, kind of spreading yourself out a little bit? What's your move? Uh, so my move traditionally has been for the 500 is usually just purely outrights. Uh, I only put a couple outrights out there. I know last year on the pod, I gave out Austin Dillon. I also gave out Austin Sindrick. And so I've been able to kind of, you know, you find maybe five guys and just kind of spread it around and hope, Hey, one of those guys at the end, uh, are, are, makes it worth it. Now, uh, I think it was 2021 when McDowell won FanDuel left a head to head up while Ryan Blaney was sitting uh, with his car parked in the grass when Chase Elliott was zooming around. Uh, so there are some markets that stay open and you know, those head to heads might hit. I usually do not do head to heads. Uh, traditionally I had previ- or previously I had, uh, but it's too much of a volatile market and I don't feel like there's an edge at all uh, for me now uh, versus then. So outrights only for me. Outrights only for you. Okay. That um, is a little bit different than the way I operate, but I, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're good, you're good, right? You call out Cindric and Dylan last year, you're definitely cooking with gas and, and you've got some money to play with uh, in the other races. So that'll there's help. Luck. There's luck to it. Uh, so maybe just kind of, yeah, maybe it's just sticking with the strategy because it's been lucky over the last number of years. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's my strategy. Just uh, so that I see something and have some action on it, but then I can have, I'll bet the duels, like that's one, you know, outrights for the race, but the duels I treat obviously the same way. I don't know what different markets we have this year for the duels other than just outrights. But, um, you know, I try to take all that and then it's duels, trucks, some Xfinity and then cup. Okay. Very good. Well, um, even though you're not going to be throwing your money down on head to heads, uh, I think I can always it, be talked into it, Phil, you it's, know, it's me. time, it's time to, to get into some actual picks here. Um, and so we'll, we'll loop back to maybe any liens you have outright wise, oh, yeah. if you want to share yep. that or not. But, um, Last year and before that, we would get into the full tank face-off. That was what mm-hmm. I used to do last year when we brought guests on, and that was calling out head-to-head matchups. So last year it was a Derek would give me a matchup, and I would get stuck with whoever he didn't want, and I would do the same, and then he would have the, the tiebreaker for the third one. Yep. Um, this year, I thought at least to start the season, uh, we'll see how it goes first few guests we have on i'm not sure who i have lined up um for the next few weeks or not but i want to be a little bit more you know kumbaya why why Mm -hmm. do we have to compete right now you know what i mean let's let's build it easy let's build a parlay together let's work together here so the people's um, parlay that the people's parlay that's right i needed a name for it that's why (laughs) you're the guy so um (laughs) we we need to put together the people's parlay and we're going to use Caesars because okay, Caesars, yeah. I mean, I, I put this out on the Twitter earlier. I, 
put together a spreadsheet with like what books have what markets and mm-hmm. Caesars is uh, killing it with head to heads. They had the mm-hmm. futures bets for all three series. They've got a ton. They after I posted the spreadsheet, they came out right after that with just a crazy amount of markets. Um, so we're going to use Caesars to, yep. to build a parlay here because there's a lot of different options. And I'm going to pull this up for anyone who's watching this on YouTube. I'll pull this up and we can uh, go through this. But um, I hope, uh, Derek, that you're able to, you know, kind of follow along and, and hopefully you got some matchups that you're interested oh. in here. I don't know if you had a chance uh, to I take a we- peek. I think we definitely will. No, I, I think there's a, a mark or there's a head to head or two that will. Uh, I don't know if they'll surprise you or if yeah, we'll we'll build it. We'll we'll build it up right. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this exercise uh, for sure. All right, so I've got uh, the Caesar Sportsbook mm-hmm. open now, mm-hmm. and you know let's just let's just rip this off because we haven't on this episode we haven't really talked about any names specifically. So I'm just going to do like kind of rapid fire for those listening on the pod and, and watching this on YouTube, we've got Amarola versus Stenhouse, Sindrick versus Kozlowski, ooh, the battle of the two car, um, mm-hmm. Briscoe, your boy versus Suarez, Byron versus Bush, Jones versus Dylan, Wallace versus Gibbs, AJ versus Haley. Wow. They've really, they really did the research here. Reddick yeah. versus Truex. How about this one? Austin Hill getting some love mm-hmm. in the head to head. Did he even qualify for the race yet? No nope. versus Ryan priest. Elliott versus Larson, Gregson versus Burton, Busher versus Harvick, Zane Smith versus Chandler Smith. Hey, there's your Love truck series. Matchups. That's that's what you, you would always do right. last year. Yeah, I know. I know. The I, so I think boys. this is I think this is perfect. And and I there have been a couple times where I almost went off on a pod, uh, you know, started it and I decided not to. But it really stems with if you stand for nothing, you stand for everything. And these books have given us nothing with the clash or anything, but Caesars and I'll, I'll let Barstool Barstool did the most, but it wasn't great at all, but Caesars is coming out firing and they should be, if anybody else is listening, that is where your money should be going. And I know each state is different with their various offerings, but they are doing the most. They're diving in deep with these head to heads that are not just the cream of the crop. These are, you just said Zane Smith and Chandler Smith. And also good, good reason to kind of tap into, make sure you're reading the, uh, the rules and the regulations when it comes to these these uh, markets because how do they grade it? Do they grade it? Hey, you put your money on it, and even though that driver attempted to qualify, did not qualify, and you know, did you win your money? Did you lose your money? So make sure that you are uh, doing your due diligence. Take a minute or two and read over the fine print because that is very key when we're looking at some of these names. Uh, but I- I'm seeing I'm seeing a couple here uh, that are just so tight. I feel like, but. We could have an edge, so I don't know where you want to start, or if I'm starting and uh, kind of go from there. But there's so many; there's like 20 matchups. It looks like there there is a bunch of matchups. Um, I'd like you to start. I've got a bunch that I like, like really, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm into. Um, but I'd like you as the guest, first yep. episode of the year, first race of the year. Let's you know turn it over to you, and and we'll talk. Let's, and if I don't like your pick. That's where yeah. we'll, you know, we'll we'll make it, we'll massage it. You know what I mean? We'll we'll come together as a team here and, and put the people's parlay together. So go ahead. Well, I think that, like you said, the people's parlay. And what better way to start than the people's driver and Noah Gregson? Let's go to Noah Gregson <laughs> uh, over 
uh, Harrison Burton. So last year, Harrison Burton, I'm going to, I'm going to give some things about Harrison Burton right now. This line is Gregson minus 120 uh, versus Burton's minus 110. Burton was strong. Uh, when we talk about what car was able to kind of suck up or draft the best, it was the 21 car, but you know, he got into a wreck late, not, maybe not his fault, but they were taking advantage of him being a rookie, especially Brad Keselowski. Harrison Burton has so much to prove this year. Unfortunately, I do believe that they rushed him into that car. There's probably some rumors. I was asking Gluck about this. You know, what uh, What silly season conversations will we be seeing? I think that 21 car is definitely part of that silly season. But Harrison Burton is, is a guy that I just don't necessarily trust. Uh, in Xfinity, you look at some of his stats from Xfinity. Again, we cannot compare the cars from Xfinity Cup, but his Xfinity numbers are strong at Daytona compared to Talladega. But Noah Gregson is a guy that is equally as strong, if not better, and he's got a full ride this year. He's got a you know go go for broke mentality. So give me Gregson minus one twenty to start off the people's parlay. What do you think about that? Um. Right there with you. When I saw Good. this matchup, Good. I said, I got to have it. And for, for similar reasons, um, Gregson has, you know, been decent enough on super speedways, but really this is a absolute fade of Harrison Burton. And um, I hate, you know, fading the young guys because it's, you know, they're, they're learning, but Harrison Burton last year, was the worst super speedway driver in the game. Uh, for just talking, for talking driver rating, yep. there were two guys, only two guys with worse driver ratings that had raced all four super speedway races last year. And those guys were BJ McLeod and Cody Ware. So you're in that category. Then you look at average finish, Harrison Burton out of everyone in NASCAR had the worst average finish on super speedways. 32.0 and so wow that's you know, bad that's very you say, bad. all right well how about how about this stat right you're like well you know it's super speedways like anything can happen yes anything can happen so let's talk about just getting to halfway the halfway mark his average running position at the halfway mark in four races 28.5 he's not Jeez. even making it to the halfway no. mark so we gotta fade harrison burton i, I, yep. I my eyes lit up when we saw that we had that opportunity and then with Noah, you know, I, I called this out earlier. I'm talking about Eric Jones. I like how there's three of them. Now we got Johnson out there. Like they've, they've got a, a third mm -hmm. car um, strength in numbers, you know, Chevy, but the, the three of them together and Johnson is probably not going to be in it to be able to win it, but he's a seven time champion. He's Jimmy Johnson. So goddamn, like, how could you not mm -hmm. pump to have him in your stable um, sharing notes, getting you going in practice, that sort of thing. And, and maybe he will be up there at the end and push in and, and shoving. So uh, I like this pick Derek. I like it a mm -hmm. lot and uh, he's minus minus one twenty. So that's how we'll, we'll start. Um, yeah. This parlay, it, it's a good start. I, I, I like it. And there's two more things just, Two quick things. Uh, one, yeah. I heard it on Dale Jr.'s podcast today. He said about how timid drivers will not do well at super speedways, but aggressive guys will. No, Gregson is an aggressive driver, but he's also very smart when it comes to this style of racing. I feel like Harrison Burton, very timid, maybe a little under pressure, maybe not going to make the right moves at times. And like you rattled off his stats, but regarding his stats, 
you said four super speedway races. There are actually six super speedway races. So why do you not use Atlanta? Because I see Atlanta as the closest comp to Daytona. I refuse. Um, I, I just <laughs> you're standing. Like, you're that. You're the one guy. that's like I will. Yeah, it's always a mile I'm, half I'm an intermediate. Old, I'm an old man yelling in a cloud. Um, uh, that's exactly and, it. And you know, I get it. Like I'm a fan of Byron this week mm-hmm. i'm calling him out to win this race and his super speedway stats have not been great yet he won at atlanta so that's mm-hmm. that's a feather in the cap so i'm, I'm kind of picking and choosing um and, and i get that I'm, I'm not being fair uh in a case like that but i'm taking the stance like when i'm doing my research this week i'm i'm not including atlanta when we go to atlanta i will obviously use the the two other big tracks um oh. in, in trying to populate that stuff but when I have enough data, when I have enough data on actual super speedway tracks that we know are not going to change and the, the package that NASCAR brings is not going to change what is going to happen on the track, I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good just using Talladega and Daytona, um, especially last year. Okay. That, that was kind of an experimental experimental year last year in Atlanta, and we'll see you know if it brings the same type of uh stuff moving forward but um and, and look i'm i'm probably in the minority there like i, I probably am but um until i don't I know get if you are i'm more... not i'm not sure old man yells at clouds i'm not sure <laughs> there's probably a lot of old men out there yelling at clouds so i'm probably not in the in minority yeah. in that case no My no neighbor does it no. all the time but um the <laughs> as far as <laughs> excluding atlanta i, I might okay be. and i'm fine okay. with that like yeah. If there's if there's a statistic out there that is going to be skewed in such a way by including Atlanta that it's going to make you tuned in to someone further down the odds list by that dramatic sense, like good on you. Like I'm not mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible, but if it is, like so yeah. be it. Good. Um so good yeah, job. that's 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 just kind of how I'm I'm playing it um like this it. week. So yeah. Uh, all right. There was something that I wanted to try to pull up. The guy I, I'm zeroing in on next is Ryan Priest. Uh, Ryan Priest. He was not in the Cup Series last year, so we don't really have too much data on Priest in the more recent past. Mm-hmm. Um, and Austin Hill, there's no data really with him in the cup series. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I he raced like one or two in the, yep. okay. So it's just Michigan. Mm-hmm. I believe so, it was just Michigan last year. And this is not a fade of Austin Hill. This is me. Cause mm-hmm. I like Austin Hill. I, I cheer for yep. the, the truck drivers who do well. That's my gig. Uh, but Ryan priest is someone a, who I am rooting for this year because of what he, you know, did last year, mm-hmm. talked about on the silly season pod and, and all that. Mm-hmm. But, Ryan Priest has three. I'm doing this from memory now. I don't have it up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's three career top 10 finishes, and they're all at super speedways. So, Ryan Priest in a better car now. I liked what I saw, you know, if we overreact to the clash, liked what we saw in the clash, you know, showing um, some speed on a, on a tiny little mm-hmm. track. Now you're getting him onto a spot where he clearly has had the most success in his career. Uh, so, 
I like this matchup at a guy against a guy who's not a cut regular. So I'm not even sure if Austin will be in the 500. I'm not sure if he's locked in or not. Did you happen to know Mm-mm. that answer? No. Does he have to he's, race he's his way in? He has to race his way in. So that's that's okay. where it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Got to make sure that you know if we put this together uh, and or bet on it individually, how do they grade that? Uh, but I think, like you said too, and I want to like I, w- I will let you finish, but I think Ryan Priest has three top fives and six top tens on super speedways. But I could be wrong on it. I know it's his best track style uh, of racing in the cup series i could be totally wrong yeah maybe maybe you're right um the, the we're just the pumping fact, them up even more the fact that remains yeah the super speedways mm-hmm. are his playground and yep. i'm so excited to see what ryan priest will be able to do in this vehicle this season daytona you know whatever happens happens but um you know what a story if that he goes be. out if, if he goes out and gets wrecked we can't overreact and say like, Oh, priest, you know, he, he, what a, what a loser he is. No, like Mm -hmm. it's just take the bumps and move on. I'm expecting Mm -hmm. good things from him this year, but I think we're going to be able to capitalize on this matchup. So, um, we will have to check if the people's parlay gets ruined by any, uh, way going into the race. If Hill doesn't make the race, we'll replace it with something. Um, but right now with Noah and priest, we're at plus 219 so mm-hmm. uh do you have another one you want to throw in here to yeah let's let's go down the whole way to the bottom i think i see where i want to go but i just want to make sure that we're you know uh checking all these out here so we have a couple different options uh to go i actually like this one we didn't read this one but alex bowman versus jimmy johnson the battle of the 48 car uh if you will you can keep going up alex bowman there actually let's stay there let's stay here let's stay here uh, this is interesting, and I think it's price dependent for me here. Jimmy Johnson is at plus one thirty in this matchup. Hit Jimmy Jam for me if you don't mind. Let's see what Holy we got the people's mackerel. parlay here. So Alex Bowman is in a contract year for the forty-eight car. The eighty-four car now. Jimmy Johnson's coming back, multiple-time Daytona five hundred winner. If there's ever a place where you come back and race in a rate now it's an open car so he has to advance his way whether it's speed on wednesday or qualify his way on thursday but at plus money plus 130 which i think is the most i've seen so far that is a in a head-to-head that is something that i do not want to pass up and i do not think just because alex bowman is in a hendrick 48 car and jimmy johnson's in an 84 uh, legacy motor club vehicle which legacy motor club last year in 2022 were pretty damn good when it came to my you know two mile plus uh cars they were very stout at, at times so give me that plus 130 of jimmy jam and uh load that in and I, that's the side i'm gonna go that that price alone is where i want to get that value on uh going into sunday so this I, is where it's i just fun. blew your mind yeah, um, I, I think it's a thought-provoking pick because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, you've got a perfect chance here to keep your eyes. I mean, obviously, I'll lock in the people's parlay right now. Like, as soon as we're done the show, I'll, I'll throw it in. But if you're just focusing on this matchup, right, you're right. Plus 130 is the most you're going to get as the gambler um, Mm -hmm. plus money in a head to head matchup on Caesars. And I can't imagine you're going to get better value elsewhere. I have DraftKings pulled up here as well. Um, And uh, 
I don't I don't think they usually go that high plus one thirty. No, not on super. There's not days. even there's not even one. Okay, Kyle Larson plus is plus one hundred. Um, that's the most you're going to get. So mm-hmm. it's unprecedented plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. So that is very intriguing. Um, I I I'm not sure. I think we need to see if this is just a total dog shit car. Like it, mm-hmm. qualifying for this. I think actually would tell me a little bit like, because if he can't even get around the track, like if, if he's getting beat by Ty Dillon or you know, sure, then red flags go off in my head. Um, it always goes but, back to Ty Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Ty it. Dillon. Maybe, maybe he could, he could probably take maybe it. Even. Um, I, but if he's I getting do beat think... by the likes of, you know, JJ Yaley, then like, that's a problem. He, that's true. I think Jimmy uh, does qualify his way in. I don't think Jimmy's going to Daytona or getting back in a car, racing however many races, is, 6, 8, 10, whatever it's going to be in 2023, and gets in a car that's even half of competitive of what he was at HMS. Now, that's a different generation of vehicle. This is Gen 7. I think, I think Jimmy qualifies his way in those ECR engines. I think get the job done for him. Uh, and being able to kind of beat the guys that he's competing against. So uh, that's kind of my factor. He's also, to me, the safest driver of all the open cars that I think can qualify his way. So I like that factor. But given his experience, we're at a super speedway. Uh, it doesn't need a whole lot of skill set. It's going to come back to him pretty uh, early, just kind of those uh, muscle memory factors. But, yeah, that's uh, I'm happy to, to switch that out with anybody else you might want. But that would be my argument price uh is key with that yeah i mean i i like it because it bolsters the the parlay we needed something plus 634 is the final number there and uh i, I could get down with that so i will um i'll put that out and you might now i'm not sure nascar books uh have always changed year in year out they take the lines down during when Mm -hmm. the cars are on the track and who knows if these are going to come back up in the same way, but let's just pretend for a second that these are matchups that are locked in all the way through Sunday. Um, I, I, who knows? You could be listening to this on like Friday, Saturday Bowman, I would imagine is going to be qualifying very well. Like I already put a bet on him to win the poll. He has been on the front row like four times in the last how many years. So um, front row bow is going to go and, and do well. So that could, theoretically, if this matchup stays there, this could maybe give you even more value. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would make mm-hmm. it like plus 150. But like we said, look, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. Plus 130 is pretty uh, good if you're looking for this value. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's uh, let's lock it in. So to recap the, the parlay, the people's parlay, three legs, Noah Gregson, we've got over Harrison Burton. We've got Ryan Priest over Austin Hill, and we've got Jimmy Johnson, hard underdog here, plus 130 over Alex hard. Bowman. So yep. there it is, plus 634. If you have access to Caesars or any book that has the same APIs as them, uh, go out and follow mm-hmm. us on, uh, or, or you know, ride with us, tail us mm-hmm. on People's Parlay. So good stuff, Derek. Um, I know, like you said, Betting head-to-heads at Super Speedway is not your thing, but I think you you pulled it off there, so well done. 
I think you talked to me. Well, into I guess we'll few. find out on Sunday. If you I I know. No, that's how it goes though. Like my strategy going in is one thing, and then I knew coming on the pod it was going to be like, well, I might be talked into something else. I'm prepared for it. Is my bankroll prepared for it? We'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to get down, uh, like you said, with Caesars and 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 do that. So I'm going to ride that as well. I'll, put, I'll plug that in the action uh, network. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. That's a good exercise for sure. Yeah, it's fun. Um, we'll see if it hits. If it does, all the mm-hmm. more reason to keep that alive and keep that going throughout the year. Um, before we get to like any final thoughts, any, I guess, leans for Daytona that you would want to share? Do you want to kind of keep that close to oh, your yeah. chest, follow on Action Network and and other places, no. or anybody you want to talk about? No, I'm I am I'm already on William Byron. He's my only outright right oh, now yeah, that right. I'm on. Uh, I, I read the script for the Daytona 500 and, uh, it's William Byron. It was always William Byron. So Byron's Byron's the guy that I'm really keen on uh, heading into qualifying and the duels. Obviously there's a lot that could happen. I'm not trying to get too invested yet, but I do want to kind of give a stat because we've seen, you know, Chevy kind of dominate the qualifying element. And then we've seen the Fords do well, really well here recently in the Daytona 500. If it's not Ford, it's been Toyota. I will say that Chevy has won. In 1993, it was uh, Dale Jarrett with the Interstate Batteries car. 2003, uh, Chevy won with Michael Waltrip. 2013, Jimmy Johnson won. So there's a trend there with those threes every 10 years. So Chevy is a play at 150. If you shop around, you can find the 150 number uh, at plus 150. If you just want to have the entire uh, fleet of Chevrolets. That's a play that I, I, I like as well, but I'm going to be loading the card probably pretty heavy with Chevy's, um, you know, regardless. Cause I think I found some of the trends that I want to go with and I'm not going to get off of it. So unless something terrible happens, you have sold me Uh plus one fifty. Where are you seeing plus one fifty at? Yeah, Barstool? so you have to shop around. Yeah, you have to shop. Um, Barstool, I believe, was at 135. Uh, I, I'd be curious what DraftKings is. But, yeah, that, that number is kind of going from 125 uh, up to 150. Uh, I don't have the specific book in front of me. But, yeah. Okay. So those are those are kind of the plays that I'm looking at now. Uh, manufacturer. Oh, now Barstool is down to 115. Um, so there's, they're getting some money somewhere. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. William Byron, like I said, is the only one I'm on right now. If I had to go leans, it would be Eric Jones is a good lean. Uh, you know, we saw what he was able to do. I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Uh, but William Byron goes back to, hey, he won Atlanta. He won Martinsville, kind of faded away the rest of the year being a test being a test car. And he won his first race at Daytona, uh, won an Xfinity race at Daytona as well, and then uh, won at Atlanta. And I think that 24 car is going to be in the front late. Well, I'm I'm also in on Byron, so I'm glad you read the script. Great, glad yep. you're sharing it. Um, yep. I'm I'm gonna tail that Chevy pick. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for patterns and trends. The way you just laid that out, '93 all the way to 2023. So I'm yep. in. And guess where you can get plus 150 right now on Chevy Caesar Sportsbook. They are Boom, on that fucking fire, dude. So Caesars. I'll tell you what, they are they are on one. So. Um, yeah, this is not a promotion. This is just trying to send this, out to you guys be. listening. Yeah, Caesars, if you're listening, they're doing the please. most, and they're not even a partner of NASCAR. Like they're doing the it's most crazy. right now. Now, I think Barstool will get there because they have a lot of people going down to the race, and they're going to make it a big deal. And the, them of all partners have really done the best. BetMGM and Win have not. They did nothing. They did absolutely nothing at the Clash. 
So, and they had a car sponsored. How do you, okay, let me just go off here, but how does BetMGM sponsor Kyle Bush's car for the clash? And yet they turn around and they say, we're only going to offer outrights, maybe in a, maybe a head to head or two. We're not going to offer much more. That's crazy. It's insane. It's, and it's crazy. Caesars is like, oh, I'll just give you the whole fucking thing. Here you go. So give me Caesars minus 1000 for Caesars. Yeah, it, it it's just in it just crazy that I mean, I, I love it. And, and I'm going to share this again, pulling up my Twitter right now um, for anyone mm-hmm. watching this on YouTube. It's a visual, but it's great. Um, it, it I I was. Oh, shoot. I think I just uh, now I got to share a screen again. Sorry, bad radio for those listening on the podcast. But um, this is a graphic that shows like full on who has what market and Mm -hmm. Barstool has the most options. The only thing they don't have compared to the other books is group betting. So like you have group a and it's like four drivers to choose from. They've got everything else. Win top three, top five, top 10, head to head team bets, manufacturer bets, top car in the manufacturer race props, qualifying championship odds, season win totals they've got everything so that makes sense that they're partnered with nascar caesars has, has everything now a few of those now they've they've really come alive since i made this book and not only that caesars has everything. markets that are not everything. even included they've got exactas they've got exacta boxes mm-hmm. it's insanity and they have I mean, uh, part top ten parlays. Uh, I think there was a William Byron Bubba Wallace top ten parlay that they they created. Uh, they curate those odds and, and put them in there. All you have to do is hit it and then bet it. And I believe it was plus uh, eighty five hundred, so eighty five to one. I believe was that Bubba Wallace, William Byron, both finished top ten. Those you, kind of great things are crazy. You were looking I'm telling at you, the exact same thing that I was looking at, but Derek, I think that was to finish one two. Plus eighty-five. Oh. Well, you know what? Technically, they're both still top tens. So, whether <laughs> one, two, or not, I, where am I wrong? Uh, okay, that might good no, call. But there, what's Phil. funny? Uh, maybe I didn't. Read what's funny? But what's crazy is that I circled that on mm-hmm. my notebook, and I said William Byron, Bubba Weird. Wallace, one, two, eighty-five to one, and like. You call we it. We are right either now. we are either squares or we are brilliant, and I'm not sure which one to think <laughs> since we're both on these things. But that that's cool that you were thinking that as well. Yeah, I mean it, it's wild. And and to finish that thought, MGM who has NASCAR like in their like app with the logo and everything, all they have is still odds to win. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, give give these books a look, shop around. But for you as the gambler, right now Caesars has decent odds. Uh, Barstool has some good odds that look like for top tens uh, compared to other books from what I've seen, but mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely shop around if you have that ability. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Final thoughts heading into the weekend. You, you got a, a good spot to good plan for the race to watch it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm uh so I, I do a lot of grilling. Uh, one of my passions and hobbies aside from gambling and talking, uh, doing some content creation is, I love to fire up the grill and, and make some, uh, usually what I do, full disclosure, I tend to go curate a meal, uh, whether it's chicken, uh, so poultry, whatever it is going to be. And I usually curate that to the flavors of where the NAS- where NASCAR 
is visiting that city that week. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to be throwing on some different things from a Daytona perspective, figure out what flavors and different things that they tend to are, are known for down there. And I'll do that up here uh, while I watch the race on Sunday, but I can't wait to watch the duels. You know, we'll be doing the NASCAR betting preview show during qualifying. So we'll be able to kind of sweat out maybe some pole bets there. And then uh, the duels on Thursday, which I always love. And then trucks Friday, you and I are going to do a truck series uh, pod on the NASCAR betting preview show podcast. So I can't wait to do that. And then roll right into Xfinity. And then it's the calm before the storm and just soak up what it feels like our Super Bowl is on Sunday. So I'm pumped, man. I know you are as well. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. I'm thrilled that uh, somehow the last few years we've naturally uh, gotten President's Day the next day after Daytona because I need that day to recover. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Really excited for this weekend. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Derek. Thank you as always. We'll be talking with you a bunch throughout the season, but I'm happy to to snag you for uh, you know this episode, this podcast right now before uh, you're you're off and running here with all the other ventures that you've got going on. So appreciate it once again. Tell everyone where they can find you um, throughout this season. Sure, and I appreciate it. So yeah, you can follow me uh, at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter. You can follow uh, the NASCAR betting preview show and all things go on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcasts. Uh, Follow the show uh, via our Twitter, like we just mentioned, the NASCAR betting preview show on there. And make sure you support Podium Esports and what they're doing with twitch.com slash Podium Esports, YouTube as well. And uh, those are where you can find me uh, every day of the week, it feels like. So, Phil, I appreciate it again for having me on and I'm looking forward to kicking this year off and doing this a lot more in 2023 and doing maybe another live stream or two in person uh, together. And then you and I getting together once or twice as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Love the show. Glad to see that it's growing and and everything that you're doing with it. So thanks for having me on and allowing me to kick off the year with you. Wouldn't have it any other way. I appreciate it, Derek. And uh, hopefully we're cashing some tickets on Sunday and setting ourselves up. So that's right. Let's go 24. That's right. right. See you, Derek. See ya. Well, that's going to do it for the first episode of the year for the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you join us the rest of the way. Thanks again to our guest, Derek Yoder, for joining us to kick off the year. Let's cash some tickets this weekend at Daytona. Remember, bet wisely, sprinkle it around, and we'll hit some good winners to line our pockets for the regular season. We'll see you next week. For Auto Club, remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Girl.